0: on episode 100 of the InsureTech Geek podcast, talking about building global bridges for the Tech community in Israel with Kobe Bindelak from InsureTech Israel. The InsureTech Geek podcast powered by JB Knowledge is all about technology that's transforming and disrupting the insurance world. We'll be interviewing guests and doing deep dives into technology that we see changing the industry. We're taking you on a journey through insurance tech, so enjoy the ride and geek out. Rob Galbraith, how are you doing? Good to see you on the show.
1: Hey, James. It's great to be with you. I'm super excited for today's episode, our guest, our 100th episode. And it just so happens the day we're recording is uh, my son's 18th birthday. It's hard to believe. So he's a man and now. Not. Well,
0: wow. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be excited about 18th birthday. He's a he's a little man. I, you know, I call that boys who can shave at 18. But uh, <laughs> he's he's starting to figure things out. But episode 100 of the podcast too,
1: man. We've been uh we've been at this for a little while, brother. Absolutely, absolutely huge yeah. milestone for us.
0: Yeah, it's been fun. And with us from Israel, Kobe Bendelak. Kobe, how are you doing? I'm fine. Great, great to be to be here. Thank you for having me on your 100th
2: episode. It's, a, it's yeah.
0: a You know, it turns out when you do something long enough, the numbers add up. <laughs> <laughs> just sheer force of will and persistence as are most things in business. And you know that as a multi-decade business owner, Kobe, it's uh, sometimes it's just being too stubborn to quit. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: Yes, you're right.
0: <laughs> and so uh, we're glad, glad to have you on. Uh, glad to talk about InsureTech, InsureTech in Israel. You know, happy birthday to Rob's son, Eighteen, man, big eighteen. I remember. I remember when I turned eighteen. That was an, That was exciting. I turned eighteen in uh, in London. Hmm. If I remember correctly. It was a uh, the summer after I graduated high school, and uh, had a, had a great little trip around Europe with my dad and a, a school that we went with. I'll I'll never forget that. So I was having a summer birthday. I always was in different places I was in like a different country every summer you know turning some birthday doing I did a bunch of exchange programs and so I always uh, looked forward to that and it's uh it's exciting 18
2: you know you know what's just you know what's happened in the 18th birthdays in Israel so the boys and the girls uh, went to the army service <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> a little bit a little
2: different for 3 years absolutely
0: you're like happy 18th time to put on your uniform and shave all yes. your hair and lose your identity <laughs> for 2 years <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it it's uh it's unique you guys uh you, you guys have a mandatory uh, public uh, public service uh, component of your society, mm-hmm. which I mm-hmm. I think is pretty cool. I went to a military college at uh, in Texas called Texas A&M, and I was a Navy midshipman for four years. I did not commission, but I did four years as a cadet in college and enjoyed the military training. Great. And uh, one of my best friends from from that time, a uh, buddy of mine, Colin Karinick, just retired out of the Navy after 20 years as a lieutenant commander in Navy intelligence. And so uh, big shout-out to my buddy, Colin but uh back to you kobe uh let's talk about you for a second because speaking of military service uh you uh you retired from the israeli defense forces as a colonel uh which is a, a high-ranking officer mm-hmm. you also built a business uh because you were a reserve officer um and and for those who are listening don't know what reserves are you in the united states it means two weeks a year and one week in a month And and kobe you said in israel it means like 60 to 90 days a year you're actively serving. Is that correct?
2: That's correct. It depends on your rule and your bank, uh, but uh, this is the average.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, which is which is pretty heavy service. Uh, reservists here, I think, might, might have a harder time <laughs> with that. Uh, obviously, they get called up to serve, though, and when they, when they get called up for tours, it'll be six months at a time for a tour if they get activated. So it's a little bit different. But tell me where you grew up in Israel and you know, what your big dream was, what you wanted to do when you were a kid?
2: (laughs) That's a great question. I I born in the north of Israel in a village somewhere not far from the border between Israel and Lebanon and Syria. It's a nice place. It's called the Galilee. Green place. Uh, Actually, I don't remember a lot what I thought to be uh, when I uh, I was 18 years old, but I'm sure that I I didn't uh, dream even to be an insurance guy. (laughs) This is was not on my Oh, earliest. you weren't you mean
0: you, you weren't sitting around at sixteen and, and planning on like how you were gonna write quotes and bind policies and <laughs> that wasn't nah, that wasn't your nah, dream nah, as a sixteen year old? not at all. <laughs> not at all.
2: I thought about my army career. I think this is what I thought about. But anyway, not not as an insurance and not an insurance take, of course. But it's nice to see how uh, how the life is uh, lead you to places.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then you you went to um uh, you went to university. What did you study in school?
2: I have a uh, second degree M- MBA in law.
0: Which is obviously a a really 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 good prerequisite for insurance considering the entire that's industry right. hinges on contracts, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's uh, a <laughs> that <laughs> that ended up working out pretty well.
2: That's yes, that's right. Uh, actually I know that after um, oh, after another, I'm a long service so i I were uh, 40 years old when I started learning in the university it's really it's 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 not a regular way for a regular person it but this is what I did so after the army service I just went to be an insurance guy I didn't find a way and i don't I didn't have the budget to learn the university until 40 years old
0: Wow so tell me what got you into insurance what was it about someone who's in the army and serving Israeli defense forces that led you to want to to j- join insurance?
2: <laughs> it's a very nice story because I I like the I like the army. I like the service, but it was for after 10 years of being in the army, I decided that I want to have the feeling how to be a regular civil citizen. So I decided to quit for a short time period of time on the army. And, and look for new jobs. And, you know, in that times in Israel, when you want to uh, look for a new job, you open the newspaper. So I opened the newspapers and I found a lot of uh, advertising about being an agent. <laughs> it looks interesting. So I just uh, went to some interview and then decided to start working as an agent. In that time, it was very easy to be agent in Israel, insurance agent in Israel. So I just got the license very fast and I started working as a broker, insurance broker. That my that's that the way that my career started from being in a in an army officer, and to be an agent, insurance agent, very quick.
0: Yeah, I mean it's uh, interesting that a newspaper steered your 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 entire life calling, but uh, that's the way it often is with so many of us. I mean, I I had no concept of insurance being an area that I wanted to work in until I started building software, and I found out how many technology problems there were in insurance in '04 when I landed my first insurance client, and then it became a you know, an 18 year deal. And I'm in my 18th year building software for insurance companies. So it's uh, certainly something, something similar. A friend told me about it, connected me and, and here we all are today talking about insurance. So you, you were an agent for a long time. What, what were Mm -hmm. your, what were the main lines? I mean, decades as an agent, right? I mean, I think you said 30 years or something. 22 years. Yeah. 22 years as an agent. So 22 years, writing insurance, what were the major lines that you wrote?
2: Okay. So my, my, my agency was particularly focused on special risk. It means cyber insurance, clinical trials, insurance, DNA, air and omission. This is what made my company so unique and uh, very successful because at that time, the Israeli industry, the high tech industry was bubbling and like today. But so it's, it's increased my incomes and my company get bigger and bigger. And in the in the end of the period of the time that before I sold the company, it's it's where uh, we we was something like the first and the second second and the first biggest uh, insurance agency in in Israel. It's we had almost one billion one billion shekels uh, premium. So it's three it's three hundred million dollars. So it's a, it was a big it's a was a big company and I. Someday I got a phone call from, from my competitor that he wants to buy the company. <laughs> Suddenly, one day, one day I got a call. You know, it's a dream dream that something that you'd never dream on, and he wants you to buy the company.
0: <laughs> yeah, because he a, wanted. A, I mean, three hundred. I mean, that's an that's an incredible book. I mean, that's a lot of premium yes, for it. Yes, that's right. That's right. And so, and that's a that's a especially considering the market size of Israel too. I mean, mm-hmm, you're you're a mm-hmm. you're a major player there. One of your competitor calls you and he says, hey, I want to buy your company. How, how'd that process go?
2: No, he did it in a different way. First, I, I, I really hit him. I didn't like him at all. So he knew, <laughs> he, he knew that. So he knew that if you will approach me directly, I will, I will never say yes, <laughs> even for the concord. <laughs> he, he's a smart guy. So what he did, he took someone from EY, and uh, some partner informed me why and the partner called me and said there is someone that's that wants to buy the company it's interesting you <laughs> i told him I, <laughs> I was so curious to know who wants to buy the company so i told him yes let, 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 I, let's let let's submit so who wants to buy the company and he was he, he was smart he, he didn't want to tell me until my, my our third meeting who is the guy so after that <laughs> I said, Oh my gosh. <laughs> he wants to buy the company. <laughs> but 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 the check was too big to say yes. So I, this is what I said. It's it came in, a, in the right time because I was forty five years old and it's it's a good time to start new start new 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 part of your life. I got an, enough money for for all my life and for my kids. So it's fantastic. So I decided to say yes. I, I told him I told him that I, I have Three Three things that I want to uh, to be sure one is that he will not he will give me all the money in one check. I don't want to be a, a lean on his uh, success. The second is that he I will not uh, give any other services after the sign on the agreement and the last one that he will keep all my employees for twelve months. He will not fire any one of them because it was, they, they were part of my life so he, he said yes and we signed on the agreement
0: nice yeah and and so obviously those type of transactions are typically life-changing um yes. so after so after that happened, um w- did you have a, a a crisis of uh what do I do now or did you jump no. straight into being an investor board member advisor no uh what, what was what was the transition
2: the first thing is 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 so nice that your phone your phone is is not ringing its ringing it's not ringing any, anymore <laughs> nobody called you it's It's fantastic. It's, it's quality of time. But so, I, I you know, I, I, I tried to make all my dreams come through. So I went to the Himalaya, to the Everest, to the, to the Maldives, you know, all the, all the Africa, all these great places, took my kids, took my wife, I have a fun. But after five months, I, re, I realized that it's too boring <laughs> not to be in charge of something. So I, I, I decided to open my heart to new adventures and i knew that something will happen so after a while i got an email written in the subject insuretech meetup i was an agent i didn't know what is meetup <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're like you're like what is, is that when you meet is that when you meet up at someone's office and sell them insurance
2: <laughs> yeah I, I yeah really i didn't know what I was so it was so boring <laughs> so <laughs> i went there and it was Im- amazing because i met a very nice startups pitching about my previous industry, how vegan how they are going to change it, how they're going to disrupt it and I said, "Wow, this is my this is interesting. this is my new adventure, so I decided to open in Shutek israel this is the this is how it's happened it's suddenly somewhere some it's like most of my great things that happened to me all my life. nothing is planned
0: yeah very, very cool and so today, let's fast forward all the way to today what is insuretech israel i mean you you said in in the introduction we talked about it building bridges from the mm-hmm. the world to the insuretech community in israel but what is it what are you doing there um mm-hmm. and uh also since you 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 co-list insuretech israel on your linkedin along with uh, the insure the israeli insuretech accelerator why do not you tell us about insuretech israel and the the israeli insuretech accelerator
2: okay great so so we uh, insuretech israel have four pillars the first one is investment. So we, until today, we invested in fourteen uh, startups. Uh, the second pillar is uh, business activity. We assist uh, startup Israeli insurance startups to definite them product, to focus on the insurance industry, make them operate well in the in that. And in the insurance industry, it's it's very it's it's a new culture. It's other culture for them. Most of them are entrepreneurs and technology guys that not, don't have any knowledge about insurance. So this is what we are doing: assist them uh, on the in, in the business uh, business uh, pillar. The third one is uh, media. We call it media activity. It's including delegations so to all the big conferences around the world, roadshows that we operate in US and Europe, roundtables, conferences. All this stuff. So, all it's a great tool for our startup to expose themselves to brokers, insurance companies, and investors. And the last arm, the last pillar, is uh, our accelerator program that we opened here in Israel two years ago, together with great part, great global partners uh, like uh, Dell Technology, Microsoft, Tesco Insurance, uh, Loads of London, AIG, Aon. Sapiens, Milliman, Deloitte. <laughs> and sorry all, for all my partners that I didn't mention, but, but great coalition of global partners. So we operate two cohorts per year, and it's a very uh, unique and boutique uh, uh, accelerator program. We recruit five to seven startup, just five to seven startup each cohort, and by do, by providing a Great mentorship program together with a lot of workshops all all over the world and roadshows that we operate for them during the ten weeks of the program. We assist them to accelerate them, uh, them activity in the insurance world. Uh, the cohorts and the program is very is very successful. We our startup raised m- more than one hundred million dollars during the last eighteen months and uh, signed on more than twenty five agreements. So it's a very successful. Uh, opportunity to our startups. All that made us really connected here in in the Israel InsurTech ecosystem. We have almost 200 InsurTech startups, uh, and we're really connected. And because of that, we are, as you mentioned, a bridge for the startup abroad and for all our uh, friends around the world, insurance companies, brokers, and investors, as a bridge for them to the Israel InsurTech ecosystem.
0: That's awesome. Well, thanks for the explanation. I appreciate it.
1: Rob? Kobe, it's so great to have you on, my friend. Uh, we've, uh, known each other now for a few years. Actually had the opportunity to, to meet in, uh, Istanbul for the first time, a few years back. And, yes. uh, just congratulations on, on all your success to date. So I'm going to ask you, this is a, a tough question because I know you're all, literally all over the world and, and each week is different, but just kind of, you know, pull back the curtain a little bit for our audience. What are some of the, the big activities that take up your time during a typical week? And I would, Cur- curious not just about your your business week and what you do but also uh i know a little bit about your weekend <laughs> activities and so i'd love you to uh share a little <laughs> bit of light on what you like to do for fun in your spare time okay you, you got you <laughs> catch me got a okay so part of my time
2: is uh, is related to a uh, other activity, not connected to the shoe tech industry. I'm a I'm a Polaris guy. Polaris is a big American uh, manufacturer, car manufacturer, UTV, ATVs vehicles. Uh, so what I'm doing them, I'm an off-road off-road manager for them around the world, doing a uh, a lot of tours, a lot of uh, test drive and things around. So I'm doing that in Israel and of course abroad, especially in U.S. I really like the U.S. Uh, Deserts like the mojave deserts and uh, and all this stuff so i'm I'm really happy about this adventure so it's take take let's let's say 25 percent of my time driving on that vehicles with great people uh, it's 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 fantastic because you're arriving to places around the world let's say' a ranch in the middle of uh, Utah 200 miles far from each other location and you find people like you but like this, uh, this habit or this experience, and it's fantastic. So, it's connect people, and it's a, it's a pleasant time. It's a, so, this is what I'm doing 25% of my time driving on the Polaris uh, vehicles, and the rest of the time I'm focusing on promote as an evangelist for the Israeli insurtech
0: ecosystem. That's great. So, look, uh, I, I'm not sure how you've squirreled away that much time to go around and, and tour deserts, but it sounds amazing, and it sounds like something I would really enjoy doing. So, uh, good on you for uh, for for figuring out how to how how to run that because it sounds uh, really exciting. I too really enjoy the American West and the deserts that we have. Um, I've I've been to some some desert territories down in in South America and in northern Argentina and southern Bolivia, and they're pretty amazing down there too. And salt flats, there's there's a lot of really cool places to go see in the world and uh when you're when you got outdoor outdoor uh, activities uh you know it's a, a lot of fun can be had there what what do you let's just let's just uh jump in on insurtech israel and the the community of of companies that are there of all the things you're looking at of all the things you're investing in you don't have to specify individual companies maybe we just keep it at the topic level but what major investment thesis or what major change in insurance are you most excited about? Is it, is it, you know, automation for agents? Is it, uh, you know, streamlined underwriting? Is it, uh, you know, parametric insurance? Is, I mean, what, what me through, like what, what's really geeking you out that you're excited about that you're seeing on a regular basis or you're seeing come through your pipeline there at InsureTech Israel?
2: This is the first time that someone asked me that question, without asking me to uh, uh, promote or, or say something about one of my startups, because it's very complicated for me, because all of them are like my kids. <laughs> so I can't say some names. I don't want to make uh, a <laughs> misunderstanding or unpleasant times. So thank you for asking this question. That question is uh, in another way. Um, I think what m- really make us v- very interesting is the AI that they develop here, coming from the intelligent unit. It's a great tool for the insurance industry. It's not just AI with data. It's, it's something very, it's, it's very big because it's taking the insurance tech to the next generation, next level. I think until the, the, the last year, the insurance tech, we can, we can say that the, the, the insurance tech industry was insurance tech 1.0 generation. So probably most of the technology was focusing on digitized insurance industry. Index the data and digitize the insurance industry. And now you can see a lot of technology coming to the insurtech and insurance areas that take the data, take the information, and make the insurance even be better. And that's very wide because it's it's related to underwriting, it's related to services, it's related to claims, it's related to a lot of great things. So I think what's the most exciting is all the technology that coming from the Army, the Israeli army, and uh, intelligent unit that implement in civil technologies solve big problem and changing the insurance world. So, in the coming years, you will see a lot of good things that coming from that.
0: Yeah, the United States is no stranger to de- defense commercialization. Uh, That's right. The Department of Defense and our and our space program has certainly been a major incubator for new ideas and new case studies, and and there's been you know hundreds of critical technologies that have commercialized out of our military and our space program and so uh certainly we're no stranger to that and it's uh I agree with you uh, and it, you know the last you know 3 or 4 weeks have been big weeks for ai as, as the general population has started to use generative text tools and generative design and generative image tools like chat gpt and some of the imaging tools that allow you to upload photos and really generate any image of anything that you want which is uh scary for professional graphic designers when someone can just go in and upload a photo and say give me five pictures or something like this um but but uh there's a lot of really good applications that are that we're seeing leveraged in insure tech and it sounds like you are as well um rob what you got
1: so kobe uh, we've had several entrepreneurs from israel on past episodes of the insure geek podcast and i think the the word has certainly gotten out there in terms of just the, the unique um, mix of culture, the technical skills uh, from the service and the IDF, et cetera. But just from your perspective, you know, what would you say to anyone that may be, not be familiar with the uh, Israeli insure tech ecosystem? What makes you guys so special and why should folks look to Israeli entrepreneurs for um, solutions to any challenges they may be facing?
2: So first, it's what makes Israel so startup nation and so popular in the insurance scene. It's 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 based on something, some some basic infrastructure. Infrastructure. So first, we have a great great education and great infrastructure infrastructure to be entrepreneur. It's easier to be into into panor in Israel than the other places around the world. Maybe you can just take out US. It's very easy. It's not very easy, but it's easier. There is a lot of money here. There's a lot of global technology company here. There is the army, of course, and universities and the support from the government. So it's easier to be entrepreneur. Based on that, it's a culture. You know, there is a joke that's saying that the Jewish mom in the previous time Wanted her son or daughter will be a lawyer (laughs) or doctor. (laughs) Now she wants that her son or daughter will be (laughs) an entrepreneur. So it's a culture, you know. It's a culture. the The third issue is that we are living in a very tough neighborhood. We need to be independent. We need to be entrepreneur, entrepreneurship. So it's it's kind of living here in Israel. So this is from the area, uh, from the from uh, from the area around. For the insurance, I think there is a two reason that we are so. Uh, successful. First, I think that InsurTech is not technology. It's not, it, it, it's not just technology. Actually, it's more bring solution for big problems and then implement technology to solve it. And And we are really good with that, Israelis. The second thing is that we have a great success story and success story attract the entrepreneurs. They want to be a success story themselves. We have Lemonade and we have Next Insurance and we have Hippo and we have Ernex and we have Sapiens and we have many more uh, great companies and a very successful one. And not a lot of people know that that all these names came from Israel, from our ecosystem. So so attracts entrepreneurs to join and, and to bring uh, great entrepreneurs to join the ecosystem and grow it. So I think this is, this is the reason that Tel Aviv is one of the insurance capital of the world.
0: Yeah, absolutely and I think uh, definitely people uh forget how many companies come from Israel and whenever I meet Israelis I I start recounting all the Israeli companies I've had on on my podcasts over the years and all the innovation that's occurred and they they're always pleasantly surprised that I'm actually aware of the, uh, of the commercialization efforts there and what, what goes on. So I think that's, that's a uh, good, good to remember on that note, I'm going to close out with this question because you ran a profitable business in, in your agency, correct?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you sold your profitable company because it generated this thing called cash. In your case, it was cash shekels. In our case, it's cash dollars. <laughs> At what point do insure tech companies have to start generating a profit and proving they can be sustainable economically?
2: From the beginning, from day one. Okay. From day one.
0: Then why, then, so then why isn't that happening, right? Because you, you have a lot of tech companies that even at large scale, and you mentioned one, Lemonade, that are still losing <clears throat> vast sums of money. <clears throat> at what point do they have to prove they can be profitable?
2: But they could. The, the reason that they, because they could, they could raise money. It was easy. So they raised money. Mm-hmm. They're smart, smart people. It's better to have the money in, in, in them bank account. I mean, the company, the startup bank account, not the private people. Yeah. So it was easy. they could. So this is the reason that we raise a lot of money in big valuation. But if you want to build a great company, you need to be profitable. And if you are not profitable, you need to understand why and when. Probably it's, you need to invest a lot of money to, de- to develop your technology. But after that, you need to be, bring money. So and right right now and that's starting to be a tough time for this for the technology industry. You will see that the, the goods will survive and the goods will the the company that will bring profit.
0: Yeah, and we're you're definitely seeing tech companies right sizing and uh, you know bringing staff back in line with their revenue so that uh, their outgo doesn't exceed their income. I'm just yeah you know, I keep keep looking at earnings reports and keep looking at public company earnings reports and wondering at what point will the stock prices go to zero or go under a (laughs) dollar if the companies can't prove that they can generate a profit because uh, there's a difference between saying that you could be profitable and then becoming profitable, right? That's right. And so that's something I've been thinking about a lot. Uh, Certainly, I'm a bootstrapper myself um, and and believe in building uh, profitable, financially sustainable businesses. And so it's it's something where I'm I'm excited for them to prove that they can, uh, because I'm rooting for them. Uh, I'm excited for them. I want them to to stay around, and I want them to continue to disrupt things like the customer experience and underwriting and policy and claims and you know embedded insurance, parametric insurance, or, you know Internet of Things. There's a lot of areas they're pushing on um, that are really exciting. But if uh, at the end of the day, if the companies that graduate from the Israeli insure tech ecosystem, the United States insure tech ecosystem. I'm in a, I'm in a country within a country called Texas. And so, uh, you know, the Texas, uh, tech ecosystem, if, if, if our, if our companies don't graduate and then actually grow up and make money, then it's kind of all for naught at the end of the day, it just takes a long time to watch that maturity happen. And so I think I'd, I'd just be curious to, that you know, see, see, see where that goes. Any any further thoughts on on insuretech and and its uh, future from a financial sustainability and profitability perspective?
2: Yes, I have. I think there is insuretech uh, in insuretech. There is two two layers or two paths. One is the B two B, and one is the B two C. There are different approach, different co- go to market. It's it's even different mindset. But they both un- under the the name of insuretech. So until the last time the, the last year i think most investors feel very comfortable to invest a lot of money in the b2c startups because it's easier to, for them to understand how these startups are going to operate it's easy for them to understand and this is what make make them valuation so high it's, it's it was embarrassing even to see that because it was easy to the to the, to the investor but we didn't we didn't see the b2b startups and and I always say that, that if you want to invest good money in a good company and get good returns, invest in the B2B startup. It's, it's a long scale for bring money, and, and the, scale, the sales, sales process is very long. But in the end, they will have a long or big, so a big opportunity to sell. There's a, the insurance market is huge. So if you are successful startups or B2B insurance startups, you will be profitable easy, faster and you will be uh, worth a lot of money. And now I see the the changes that's coming, that coming, that's happening. And one more thing, the B2C startups realize that they cannot sell insurance product without agents and brokers. It's very, very, very <laughs> complicated to sell it because- They learn that the hard way. Yes, 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 that's <laughs> right. That, the hard way. They can't. Because insurance product is a push product. I was an agent. I know that. It's a push product. There is no one coming and wake up in the morning, say, say to his wife, I want to buy to policy today. Let's, <laughs> let's, have, let's have fun. There is no one. And if yes, is crazy or something happened to him. So, so it's a push product. Someone needs to push the, the clients to buy it. And the, and the B2C startup realized that. I see a lot of my startup using our connection with broker tech ventures uh, in the U.S. and a lot of brokers uh, uh, in, in, other, in other regions to start engage with the brokers to start sell them products by the technology that they developed. It's a huge movement. It's, it's, very, it's fascinating.
0: Yeah, awesome. Well, Rob, we're about out of time. Any final comments or questions?
1: yeah i just uh so thrilled to to have you on our program uh kobe. It's been so uh wonderful to get to know you over the years and i am just blown away by the success that you've had at insurtech israel um I know you've said you've been here in the states five times I, I told you on LinkedIn I see you feels like you're you're all over the world and and obviously that's part of your role and so you've just been a tireless advocate for um the israeli startup community for insurtech Israel. Um, I know you've had tons of success and will continue to have success. So just curious if if folks want to find out more on InsureTech Israel, where's the best place they can find that info?
2: Thank you. They can find us in LinkedIn, on LinkedIn, and uh, of course, in our website. And I want to say thank you for having me here and happy and Merry Christmas and happy Hanukkah for everyone.
0: Absolutely. Merry Christmas and happy Hanukkah to you as well. And I'll always love having guests from uh, from israel on it's good to to hear about all the great innovation a a very small geographic space that has a outsized impact on the world of technology and insurance and so it's always good having you on Uh, again this has been the insurtech geek podcast powered by jb knowledge jbknowledge.com it's all about technology that's transforming and disrupting the insurance world i've been your host james benham that's jamesbenham.com with co-host rob galbraith at Endofinsurance.com. Thanks to Jim Greenley, our podcast producer, Kara Daltonaro, our creative producer, and thank you for joining us today. Look forward to talking with you soon. We're taking you on a journey through insurance tech. So enjoy the ride and geek out.